Welcome to another edition of We Need to Talk About Movies. Brought to you by Banterflix.com. And now, here's your host, Jim McClain. Hello, I'm your host, Jim McLean, and welcome to the latest edition of We Need to Talk About Movies, a podcast brought to you by the Banterflix Film Review website. And this is a community cinema special here on St. Patrick's Day. You're watching because it's almost a year to the day when many cinemas, not just here in Northern Ireland, but across the globe, had to shut due to the COVID pandemic. And whilst we've previously talked about cinemas like the QFT, the Strand, other cinemas are available viewers, we decided that we would do something slightly different to celebrate that grim landmark of one year by talking about some of the community cinema groups, some of the amazing community cinema groups that are working here across Northern Ireland. And I have a fantastic panel. Once again, I feel like Nick Fury in the Avengers because I have a crack team assembled. I have Francis Crickard from Port, from Port Rush Film Theatre. Hello to you, Francis. Hi, Jim. Nice to uh, be here. I have Connor McGill from the Subterranean Community Film Club in Oma. Hi, how are you? Hiya, Connor. I have Sherry Palmer from Ballyclare Picture House. Hello. And Claire McCulloch, we've had her on the pod before, from Ormo Community Cinema. Hi, everyone. So before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, I think we should go round and for anyone who's Never watched the never watched the TV show that we do or never listened to our podcast. We'll know that in various forms we've talked about or showcased the work of many of the organizations we're talking to today. But I thought we'd start. Francis, tell us a little bit about the Port Rush Film Theatre. Well, um, we've been going for about five years, uh, maybe even six years, although the last year doesn't count, does it, or does it? But, no, my, uh, my wife has ha, is going to have two birthdays in lockdown and she's d- denying that both those birthdays count. So, you know, wow, I, that's if, good news. I, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that. I'll, I'll take her as the authority because, yeah. you know, we need to run with that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's you know, we've been going about five years and we're we're uh, located in Portrush and we're all volunteers, obviously. But but um, and Jim has, has kind of profiled this before. We are really lucky in that we are able to use a 1939 cinema which is, you know, just fantastic. It's a big old, well, faded glory, I would say, you know, not just past our best at this stage, but, you know, it's still a fantastic uh, space to be able to show films. And it's run by um, Kiwi's Brew Bar and the guy who runs that is really helpful. So we we show um, a mixture of, um, we like to show a classic film because it so fits in with the cinema. We like to show um, some, ch- especially children's classics, because again, you get parents bringing the, their kids to those films. And then we show what we call eye openers, which is more your your documentaries, foreign language, British, Irish, something a bit different. Maybe they wouldn't get to, everything we show. We try to show stuff that wouldn't get to the multiplex up in uh, Coleraine. Yeah, I mean, it's a lovely venue you have. As you say, we've been up and showcased you before. And I know on International Women's Day, we actually showcased our interview with Helen O'Hara, the lovely Helen O'Hara from Empire Magazine, mm-hmm. where which we recorded on your site, I think, two, maybe three years ago. Uh, it's, it's a long time ago. We'll move on to 
to Connor. Now, Connor, I know we haven't got round to featuring Subterranean on the TV show, but I know we've talked about yourselves. I know we've talked about Arlene, who I know is one of yeah. your members in the past. We've tried to coax her on, but she refuses point blank. You know, maybe no. you can maybe you can put some pressure in there and kind of get her involved. But uh, tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about Subterranean Film Club in Noma. No worries. Um, Subterranean have been going now a number of years. Um, we're based in the basement of Oma Community House um, at the bottom of the town there, hence the name Subterranean, um, in an old bar, disused bar, um, which was part of a larger community facility that hosts a number of groups in the town. Um, and we had been starting doing um, show and screenings a number of years ago, had a bit of a hiatus there about 18 months ago. Well, actually, it'd been longer than 18 months now because this last year, I don't know. Um, but uh, so we sort of came back strong with it and done a number of screenings. So we try and mix. Uma is, believe it or not, doesn't have much. It has two multiplexes. Um, go figure. So very much like Francis and Port Rush, we try to show the films that um, haven't been shown in the multiplexes, but also trying to get the hidden gems, basically whether that's Irish films, foreign films, um, or criminally underrated or underseen films as well too. And we try to have a bit of crack with them as well too. So we do a lot of, like for one of our recent, or most last events we had, we had music on the same day, it was, uh, or at the same event. Um, we had a number of different matinees and that to try and reach out to various audiences, young people, stuff around Halloween, Valentine's and that as well. So it's been going for a while, going great. Um, actually, I've been getting more and more numbers um, coming to our, our, our screenings and that there. We, we had started from going from one screening a month to, to two screenings a month as well too, and that was starting to go well. And then pesky COVID hit, uh, and then everything ground to a halt, like every other community cinema. So, um, so that's where we are at at the moment. And, you know, I've been down to a couple of your events. Uh, I've had actually had the pleasure of hosting, I think it was um, Bad Day for the Cut. Bad Day for a Cut, yeah. Which was, you know, great crack to be talking about that in the, the filmmaker's hometown. And I know I also had the pleasure of hosting a Q&A at our next guest, Jerry Palmer, at the Ballyclare Picture House. I spoke to Chris Braw. I can't, I think it was just Chris on his own at Ballyclare that night, Sherry, but uh, you know, both of your, as I say, with sub training, I, we haven't got a chance to showcase before on the telly show, but we have been down a couple of times to Ballyclare. So, for anyone who hasn't seen our TV show, you know, tell us and tell our viewers a little bit about Ballyclare Picture House. Okay. So, Ballyclare, um, I'm not from Ballyclare originally, you can probably tell, but uh, my husband is. My husband grew up in Ballyclare and grew up with probably not a lot to do in the town. Um, we're probably 20 minutes from Belfast, 20 minutes from Balmina, Antrim. We're, we're kind of near everywhere, but in the middle of nowhere. So there's no multiplex. There's, there's not a lot to do. And so the, the vision for the picture house was to give people in Ballyclare just something to do. Um, something other than having to drive all the way to Glengormley or Belfast or Antrim, um, which we do ourselves as a family, but it's nice sometimes to have something on your own doorstep to do, um, to mix with your own local community. And we also saw it as a catalyst for people maybe coming out and supporting some of the local businesses. Um, there's been quite a few new restaurants and shops and things popping up in Ballyclare in the last few years, and we just wanted to be part of supporting that and sort of 
finding a way for people to have an excuse to actually have a night out in Ballyclare. So we have been showing films since December 2016. Um, I think we started up right around the same time as Port Rush from from memory, from things that I heard. Um, and we show a variety of films on average once a month, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, we find that the holiday period in the summertime, it's really hard to convince people to turn up to come to a film, um, but generally once a month. And we try to focus on films that have UK or Irish um, influence or writers or actors or some sort of local theme. Um, but we also show the occasional blockbuster because let's face it, there's, there's movies that have been out there in the cinema that people maybe just didn't get a chance to see or they did see it and they absolutely loved it. And um, we like to see bums on seats once in a while as well. So we've got a, one of our volunteers does a bit of baking. So we get some home baking in the town hall. Uh, the town hall is a lovely neutral space in Ballyclare. Um, and that was important for us as well, that we had it in a neutral space. Um, and yeah, so yeah, same, same as everyone else. We ground to a halt last year um, and uh, we're hoping to revive our audience this year. Fingers crossed. I'll be in well. Yeah, I think everybody's in that boat. Like, I know we do the podcast and we do the TV show, et cetera, but we also do events. And, you know, like last year, like like all of yourselves, we had a lot of things planned. We had big things planned for ourselves and those quickly ground to a halt. And we had to rethink a lot of things. And I can, just to just to pick up on one thing you said, Sherry, I have been, as I said earlier on, down to Ballyclare, down to a few of your events. And I can say that the bonds are truly fantastic you know you're talking about people driving 20 20 minutes to to come to belfast to go to the cinema i'd happily drive 20 minutes to ballyclare to get those buns but we'll not descend into like a pseudo bake-off-esque discussion we'll not go down that route because claire mcculloch will get very angry with me <laughs> if i don't let her talk about ormo community cinema again claire a little bit like connor we haven't had a chance to focus yourselves on the TV show, the podcast, I think I do recall one cinema day. I think it was the last cinema day I had intended to get down to yourselves, but got mm. lost along the way yeah. and unfortunately wasn't able to get down. So hopefully when things return to normal, we will be able to showcase both yourselves and Subterranean. And then maybe Arlene will come on to the podcast and chat to us, but I don't know. But let's not go down that route. Claire, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Ormo Community Cinema. Okay, so Ormo Community Cinema, it's made up of your friendly neighborhood film enthusiasts. Um, and we just really want to share our love for film with um, community, really. Um, so we would host uh, probably two films a month. So one of them would be in the middle floor at the Pavilion Bar Belfast. So it's really casual um, for the older guys, I guess, um, and peers and young ones. Um, and then uh, once, like, a Saturday every month, then we would have a family-friendly showing um, in Ormo Bowls, um, which is brilliant. So you just bring kids and families in and it's real family-friendly films. Uh, we've been a bit quiet for about six months now, but um, it's coming up to our second birthday. If that counts as our second birthday, we might just go as a first birthday again. And we have something really exciting planned for it. So can't wait to get started. So clearly you're not going to divulge anything. You're clearly not going to tell us. You're going to keep <laughs> your cards. Okay, you're going to, we'll see what we can pry out of you, but it sounds like you're going to yeah. keep your cards close to your chest. So we, 
we were talking kind of just before we started the podcast recording, and I think all of us are pretty much in the same boat, kind of around February, March, Valentine's Day, International Women's Day in 2020 was around the last time we we all did screenings. We're in the same boat. I said we did do some online. We well, we did some. We we launched our our first film festival last year online in October, when we were forced to move online thanks to the executive. Let's not get political, but um, you know, let's kind of. I, I say that. Let's not get political. I get a sense we probably will. Let's be honest. But <laughs> I'm going to ask you, and feel free. I'll I'll start with you, Francis, and then we'll kind of move around the virtual room. You know, take me back, and I know it's probably, there's going to be a lot of repetition in this, but but take me back almost a year to, you know, March last year when you made, when that decision was was made to, to close doors and kind of, you know, do away with, you know, maybe a year's worth of programming or plans that you had made, mm-hmm. you know, how is you, how do you as an organization, how do you kind of, how were you feeling and kind of how have you kind of kept your kind of heads up and kept people involved because it's all mostly volunteer work I would imagine with all of us here yeah. volunteers you're relying on volunteers to help make it go how do you keep kind of people involved and motivated to be working with yourselves when you know your doors are going to be closed for probably a long long time well I, I think that one of the difficulties was Jim that we didn't really know how long it was going to be and I think that's so you know we had our our, our film for International Women's Day great night planning for the next thing but even at that point um that was uh, you know we were like we were buying sanitizer and stuff for that for that particular for international Day. we brought i remember buying sanitizer and get, like going in ahead of time making sure there were loads of soap in the toilets and to- all that all right. sort of stuff. now can i ask you francis were you going were you getting this sanitizer legitimately or were you going to like a sanitizer baron because i i vividly remember Last year, you know, sanitizer was the one thing you could not get for love nor money. So if you have a dodgy contact here that can help get sanitizer, because when the cinemas reopen their doors, we're probably going to need it still. So you might be the person to to go to here for this. Well, you know, I obviously can't divulge my sources, um, but I think it was the co-op. But um, yeah, no, it was before it was before the big toilet roll pasta gathering scenario that went on. It was just ahead of that. Uh, so I mean that was for International Women's Day. So yeah, so that was we we kind of thought okay, well I mean this will this will rule for a couple of months and then it'll then it'll be over. And and we started to make plans. And we were because we use um, a cinema that belongs to a bar that we were very much dependent on when they could open. And then we whenever they could open in the summer, we got together and we thought, well you know, so many of the people who come to our screenings may be vulnerable. You know, for one reason or another, and 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 are they going to be comfortable in coming into the cinema? So we kind of held off again, and then the second lockdown. I there have been so many lockdowns and releases that I, I feel like one of those kind of like zing characters <laughs> just been going back and forward like this for about a year. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. So, but so really, we we didn't do an awful lot. We didn't do anything to engage our audience, which is absolutely terrible. I know, but but we were all in a sort of like a. I think we all felt very much penned or held in in suspension as to what could happen next and it's only really it's only really uh probably in the last kind of like couple of months that we started to realize look this is this is all right this is going to happen again we we are going to get opened again and and started to put things back in place again i mean it was devastating it was just devastating beginning but you know you just think oh come on we're not blinking you know we're not doing like hip surgery here we're only showing films like calm ourselves you know yeah, I, I know you say that, but I mean, 
you realize I've had this discussion. I think we talked about this, Claire, the last time we had you on for the, the cinema special, that, that sense that maybe we took things for granted and that yeah. things that you just suddenly realized that, well, you might think they weren't maybe didn't necessarily seem important, like planning events, doing events, just how much they had actually become. I know for us, you know, definitely that was the case. How much that that kind of monthly, bi-monthly screenings that we were doing, how much they had become a part of your life, positively and both negatively, I suppose, in that sense that I know for us, it slowly took over my life to the fact that my wife would say, no, we're not going to talk about screenings. We're not talking, talk kind of thing. We're going to sit down and we're going to watch Line of Duty. Okay, just be quiet. And you're like, okay. I, I know that's the case. And, and that's just me. I mean, I know this is not funded or this is not funded by Film Hub and I in any way, but I know like recently the Hub have been doing some online kind of tutorial sessions. And I know on, and this is probably something we'll come back to just because you mentioned it, Francis, that has definitely revitalized us in a way to start thinking about, right, let's do stuff. Let's kind of plan, you know, this is the doom and gloom is hopefully fingers crossed, everything crossed going to end at some point and people will want to come out and do things they will want to come out to the cinema. But, uh, I mean, we can come back and pick that point later. But, Connor, I'll move to yourself. You know, again, going back to a year, you know, how were you as an organisation feeling? And that sense of a year on, you know, are the members that you have, are they still there? Are they still motivated? Have some volunteers moved on just because of that uncertainty of not being able to reopen doors? No, it's a fair point. Jimmer's like there's... There's, probably, there's four or five key volunteers within ourselves. You mentioned Arlene, um, Aaron, um, Dee, and, and Mark as well, too. So we had been, uh, like, a, we, we, were, we were basically gathering momentum. From the September beforehand, we had been doing one to two events a, uh, a month, and there was more and more people going to them, um, and there was more and more new faces. And I think that culminated in... Um, bump along the way in terms of like we, we the first time ever we sold out the, the venue Jim you've been at our place and it's it's not exactly bike it's 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 cozy for want of a better word but we had rows of seats just mm-hmm. wall to wall basically a lot of people being able to attend people being able to bring their own alcohol as well too well it's an, an ex bar um and we have music I know that there. bar very well I know that bar very uh, well so from I, my Jim, youth and well, I'm not my youth, but I'm, I'm a bit older than that, unfortunately. But I do know it as well too. So there, there was that element. So um, we, we were definitely gathering a lot of momentum. Um, bump along the way, the alternative Valentine's Night event we did with True Romance, um, Peanut Butter Falcon, because we don't in conjunction with a local uh, charity, got an awful lot of new people on board. So you know, it was at the end of each night, what are you showing next? What are you showing next? Um, so we decided to go away, but sort of a bit um, out there in terms of the farewell, which isn't really an out there film. It's a great film, but in terms of just maybe you know getting a foreign language film out there. So that was that was a plan, but it soon became apparent with COVID and with places closing down and with the whole idea of a social distancing that that was pretty clear we couldn't have the event, and we were also conscious about the space that we're in. It's underground. And in terms of ventilation and that as well, too, we were a wee bit sort of wary with it. Um, if there wasn't a big a crowd at it, and to be honest with you, there's been nights where we haven't had a big crowd and it's been great crack because, because it's just that it's more of a social scene. It's more people just getting to know each other. Um, and we sort of took a decision then about, okay, we'll not, we'll not show it. Hopefully, 
like everybody else, the fact that two or three months and we're back, we're we're back up and running again. And it never it never really materialized. We 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 looked at the idea about doing streaming, and it it, it never really worked for us. Um, for a pure and simple fact was one of the big selling points for ourselves was bringing people together. And if people are watching it in their own homes as such, we felt it was sort of slightly defeating the purpose and therefore it wasn't really within our, our core delivery for want of a better word. So our big, our big element then at that stage was our Facebook page, which, which Arlene and Aaron really do as well. And it was about you know, getting messaging out there about what we would like to show, getting messaging out there about what was actually happening with other community summers and the sort of a context of it. And also as well too about you know um, what other films are coming along. For a while we used to do you know what, what streaming picks every month or every week. You know what was being shown on Netflix and if it had been films that we had shown in the past, getting people to maybe design post them to that. that. But it, even in terms of a slight reopening that happened over summer, we we still weren't sure about you know we probably needed a wee bit more um, for want of a better word. You know, no, no de definite decision about whether or not to reopen, whether it's safe to reopen, or are we going to close back down again as such? Um, like we were in contact with Film Hub um, because of some of the funding they've given us in terms of for our program, and which was a great help. And they sort of said, "Let's don't worry about it." But you know yourself, it's you know, the programming is one thing; it's, it's just getting people. It's just that opportunity. The last Friday of every month, sub subterranean was having a film, and it became a social event. So. That's where we are, and it's probably still where we are in terms of we've had some discussions about how we reopen and that as well too. But you know, we had plans made in terms of possibly doing something around Christmas, and then the announcement was made about what was going to happen happen after Christmas and that. And I think I think that took out the one that is sales for not just us but right along the board in terms of other venues. Yeah, I, I one thing I haven't mentioned and none of you have mentioned so far, and it is something I, th I think we'll probably have to address at some point, the issue of social distancing. Because I know like for ourselves, I mean, when we were going to plan a film festival last year and when we were doing the festival, we found it like at say a cinema like the QFT here in Belfast, the Strand or the movie house, we could use their ticketing system, which would automatically create social distance and barriers but I know we had planned an event at the Black Box here in Belfast which is a cabaret style event it's not assigned seating and I know for a fact you no know, I was of all the events that got cancelled I was gutted by that because it was the fact that we went through this process of nearly a month talking with the Black Box of right will this system work no will this system work no what about this idea no and we eventually cracked it we worked it we tweaked it and we cracked it and then we had to cancel it and i i know that the, the issue of social distancing i know bojo boris johnson other names are available has promised us that social distancing should be a thing of the past by june i can't see that happening but you know that's you know we'll, we'll come back to social distancing sherry let's go back to last year with bally claire I know very much like ourselves, you you kind of went with the online of trying to suggest and watch along screenings as well and, and watching stuff with your audience. How did you find that? Because I know for us at the very start, there was an uptake to it. But by the end, I think we ran with it for about, I think, six weeks, uh, a screening every Friday evening. And by the end of it, it was just ourselves, the group. We got some engagement at the start. But I know that was one thing you did. But, you know, on top of that, you know, take us back for Ballyclare to March last year. Yeah, so we tried a couple of um, 
I don't know if you'd really call them a, a remote screening. It, it's not the same as the event that we have planned this month. Um, it was more like, hey, we're going to watch this on Netflix. Let's all watch it at the same time. So I guess you call that a watch along or a watch party or something. We did Groundhog's Day because we felt like that was good with the theme of lockdown and sort of not knowing what's happening in your life and doing the same thing over and over and over, kind of like you're in prison. Um, and then we did The Breakfast Club as well. Um, we had an okay turnout for Groundhog's Day and we did a little discussion online with people afterwards and a few people joined in for the discussion and chatted about Groundhog Day. I've, you know, as much as you can chat about it. It's not that deep of a film, but um, there were still some good talking points. Hang on, then... Sherry, I have to interject. <sighs> we, we did a podcast about Groundhog Day, and when we started to unpack it, it's a deep, meaningful film. I will... No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree, but people probably... It wouldn't be very obvious, you know. You have to be in a contemplative mood while you're watching it, I think, to to fully appreciate the the subtleties of it. Um, and we didn't get a great response for The Breakfast Club, unfortunately, and I just don't know, maybe it was something that doesn't quite appeal to our audience in Valley Claire, or I think the other issue that people are experiencing is just screen fatigue. People are tired of remote events. They just want real life to happen, and, and in the meantime, they just want to crawl under a rock, you know, and, and I think we all want to get together, much like Connor was saying, um, the, the whole point of our project has been to get the community together. And it feels like the, the core objective of what we do with the Picture House was just out the window with the virtual events or the watch along events and the watch parties. Um, the whole, our, our purpose was just taken away from us, which was to see each other's faces, to meet as a community. Um, we did, have a few discussions in our committee about what we would show. Um, we thought maybe we'd show a film in the summer and then that didn't work out. And then we thought maybe Halloween and then that didn't work out. And then we thought, okay, Christmas. And then that didn't work out. And we just kind of reached a point where we just went, Oh, forget it. Like, because there's, when you're small and you're working with volunteers, um, mobilizing is so, so labor intensive. Planning is super labor intensive. And we did just reach a point where we just went, no, we're shelving everything. Like this is just too much to even, um, and we just felt like we we're being drug along. So, so for so long by the government, you know, open one day and shut the next. And, and we had great plans about how we would socially distance people in the hall because, it's a really good size hall. I think the capacity of the hall is like 200 or something. We usually aim to sell, like we're happy if we sell 50 tickets. We obviously don't want it totally packed out with 200 people. So we were talking about maybe will we run with reduced capacity and we had the space where we thought we would like sell group tickets where people could kind of sit at their own table with chairs around the table and have their own snacks on the table. So it was totally hygienic. Um, but yeah, all that planning and all those discussions just went out the window because there's just too much uncertainty for too long and we just couldn't cope with it anymore. Yeah, the, the planning with the social distance as, distancing aspect was a real mind boggler for, for us. Like it, it seemed so simple. And then when we got down to plan, it's like, how are you ensuring that you can police? Because it was like that two families 
kind of idea. And then you also had the thing like when I know for us event for our events at the black box, you know, at one point we were kind of saying, well, we'll plan an event. I think the venue normally holds around 300. We had went to a maximum capacity of 80. And then we kind of said, right, that, that, that should be okay. And then with the way we had to, to, to work this, the, the ticket seller was like, okay, you could work out that you could actually, I don't think you would have, but you could have had eight people in the room because eight people, eight single people could have bought a group ticket. I mean, it would be my heaven, the idea of sitting at a cabaret ticket to my, a cabaret style table to myself. Well, there was a, I think that we had a a table service for the bar. That sounds like my idea of heaven, but I suppose, you know, from a financial point of view, or just an, an atmosphere type point of view, it just wouldn't have worked. And that was one thing, you know, we, we worked really hard on it but it just couldn't happen. And I want to come back. I think everyone here, bar Bally Claire, there's a key aspect that you've all mentioned so far uh, and that's involved with your organization. But uh, before we do that, Claire, you know, I know you've talked in the past on the pre on previous podcasts about going back to March last year, but just very briefly want to recap kind of how you were as an organization and kind of, the, the year that's been kind of keeping volunteers, keeping your own momentum and keeping motivation for yourselves as an organization that, you know, yes, you know, we will be able to once again open our doors. Yeah, well, March last year, we were really excited because we had just finished um, programming our sort of spring program. And we were really excited about it. We had started like sell night shows and like turning people away from our fa- family viewings and um, so that was really big for us. And we were really starting to like get a momentum and take off. And then obviously uh, March happened last year. Um, we were kind of always waiting to hear a date that like everything would sort of be okay again. Like I know cinemas reopened, but we thought the safety of the community, like we, di- we, we didn't want to have to tell children at family funerals that they would have to socially distance because how do you, how do you tell children to do that? You, you just can't. And then obviously like, there would probably be vulnerable people. And if someone got sick at one of our show-ins, like it would just be the worst thing ever. Like that's not what they're for. So we've just been waiting until it's it's safe again, really. Um, we were hoping that it would, you know, be October, then Christmas and maybe early this year. But um, now we're hoping for summer. <laughs> Yeah, like we're 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 kind of looking at autumn, to be honest, on our yeah. side of things. Um, the one thing I did want to mention, Francis. Okay, I know the Port Rush. It is a cinema in its own right, but you mentioned it's it's owned by a bar. Connor, you you have an you, your events run at a at a former bar. I don't know if it's still owned or still technically licensed as a bar. And Claire, I know you do some events at a, a bar. I mean, the fact that the bar issue kind of comes into as mm-hmm. as well, you know. These are all big things. Not only is the fact that it's your own venue, but you've also got a, a space that you might normally use isn't allowed to open anyway. For for any of yous, was that kind of a real kind of issue at the side and kind of the, the planning for will we or won't we come back? Because so many kind of bars just, just didn't know what the answer was going to be. Ours was the opposite, which was strange because we show in a council-run space, which is the town hall, and technically public buildings opened, you know, sooner than cinemas um, 
and obviously bars and restaurants and things. So, you know, things like our, our local leisure center, I believe leisure centers and other public buildings like that were open a lot earlier because they obviously saw the, the health benefits of people getting into exercise and stuff. So I think technically we could have booked the town hall for an event sooner, but because we're operating as a cinema in a town hall, we felt like it was a little bit too risky. And also similar to what Claire was saying, like Valley Claire is quite a close knit community. And, you know, we just couldn't risk something happening to somebody, somebody getting sick at one of our events because everybody knows everyone. And if you don't, you know, your mother or someone else's granny, or, you know, we all know each other in some capacity at these events. So um, we just didn't want that level of responsibility either. So we probably could have jumped in and done an event or two last year, but you just didn't want to take the risk. Yeah, I feel like the other thing was that, that, you know, the financially, I mean, you know, uh, Sherry, if you'd gone ahead and, and you do an event and you can only have whatever amount of people and of that amount of people that you can have, only half of those decide they're only going to, they're going to risk it. You know, it, it's, it's labor intensive, which you don't mind whenever it's working and it's all happening. Everybody loves the, the, the thing, but it's um, it's soul destroying whenever you, 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 you can't do anything. I mean, uh, yeah. because we're, you know, we're in a bar uh, or above a bar, uh, in the cinema and, and, and there's a bar in it. Um, when the bars were allowed to be open, you know, we were sort of thinking, God, we sh- should we do something now? But luckily, in a sense, luckily what was happening was that the guy who runs it, Chris Charters, was doing some work. He was putting in extra toilets and stuff. So the whole place was a bit upstairs going into the cinema. It was a bit building sidey. So it sort of decided, OK, look, you know, we're going to have to try and re- refigure everything. And we ha- we've no longer got a desk and, we've, you know, at the minute. So it made it a bit easier. But yes, definitely that what you're saying, Jim, was a real, you know, I mean, we always say that, you know, the QFT always say that they're the only licensed cinema. But, you know, we are too. And we're independent. Well, yeah, well, our events are licensed. Just, you, you bring your own. That's the way it is. You know, it's just that's that's the way it works. Just just bring your own or just don't tell us. Just kind of say Jim McLean license, is it? That's a Jim McLean license. Like whenever you're coming in the door, I'll look that way and you just kind of bring in what you're doing. But uh, we'll not go down that way. People might be watching. Can I ask? And I don't know why it's just come to my head. Right. And I'm going to ask you this. Have any of these been to the cinema? Because I know we're actually planning a little survey ourselves and one of the questions we are asking is when was the last time that you were at the cinema and I mean have any of you been to the cinema I know I have I went a couple of times and I I've talked about it nauseam we'll not talk about it's a wonderful life but I had to go see it's a wonderful life at the cinema it's a Christmas tradition I know there was a pandemic out there but George Bailey had to be saved and I really find that I I needed that I I mean I really need that I mean I, I love the cinema and it's somewhere I go to kind of clear my mind or I'd get stuff out of my system and watching stuff at home throughout the pandemic it, it's not the same because you know you're never too far away from from one of these and you don't put it down you find yourself you're watching stuff but you're behind your phone but at the cinema I could leave my phone in the car I could leave it wherever god knows if anyone needed me in an emergency and I could just go and, and watch something and relax but if any of you I mean just kind of going around have any of you been to the cinema to during the pandemic so far so that's yeah. what's that? I, I uh, yeah, I went to see Tenet mm. because it's Tenet, <laughs> um, and because it's a you know yourself, John. There's certain films that has to be seen on the big screen, and like it was one of them. Um, in terms of because like cinemas, cinemas are on a tricky are on a sticky wicket 
Um, and I think that, I suppose, because of the, the huge deficit they have, they're going to have, it's going to be, I think, when it does reopen, which is an opportunity f- for ourselves, it's going to be wall-to-wall blockbusters. It's going to be wall-to-wall real audience pleasers. And there's going to be an awful lot of films that are really good films that aren't going to find an audience and are going to slip through the cracks, which hopefully uh, will be an opportunity for ourselves. But I'm digressing. But no, went to see Tenet. And to be fair, it was probably the only sort of new release that I was interested to go and see. Um, and to be fair to the local Omniplex, now they had um, the social distancing done really, really well. I'm a bit of an anti social bastard anyway at the best of time so it was great not having anybody next or near or pulling out phones or anybody sort of running mad or talking um but it was it was really well done and maybe that might be one of the consequences that comes from from all of us but that was the only time i went yeah i mean i went a couple i went i think i literally went the day cinemas reopened i think i literally went bing you know i'm i, I just must be a drug somewhere i went back in it was a really dreary i can't remember the specific date it was a really dreary wet day and i kind of said let's go to cinema what show and it was the local omniplex which i don't go to that often i usually drive to the cinemas in in belfast but i decided there's a local omniplex here in lisburn let's go I was really pleased by mm-hmm. kind of the the, the the kind of safety protocols they had in place, hand sanitizers everywhere. Okay, my lovely wife was a bit disgruntled. She couldn't get nachos, but we'll not go down there. But um, you just did. We, yeah, I know, I know. But you know, I out her all the time and all this type of thing. She loves me, really. But <laughs> what we find, and I mean, I, mean I, I couldn't tell you I mean, the number of times we went to see. We actually went to see a couple of things we probably wouldn't have normally went to see because, okay, we know that not everything was out. Uh, I know we went to see the Russell Crowe. Uh, is it Unhinged? Unhinged. Actually, my memory's going. i actually seen that too, I'm realising. Okay, you're, you're at that difficult age now, Connor. You have no idea, Jim. But, but one thing I will say, because I know, I think, I think, Sherry, you said you'd been to the cinema, so we'll come back to you to see what you went to see. The, the good thing I, at the start, of when at the start when cinemas reopened, they I find them really good experiences because okay it wasn't packed but everyone who was there was watching the film they weren't kind of being a cinema wanker as we normally say in the podcast. Unfortunately, near the end, I know you mentioned Tenant a couple of times, a couple of times. We, I actually had to walk out of a screening of Tenant at uh, a cinema in Belfast because unfortunately social distancing might be in place, but cinema wankers were sadly back. And I remember being beautifully strand at that moment, beautifully trolled by the strand cinema when I came out and rumbling and grumbling on Twitter, as one does in this digital age, about kind of saying how terrible experience it was and being told by the strand, you wouldn't have got that if you came here. And they were true. It was correct. But that's that. <laughs> um, I missed the cinema. I... I genuinely would be lost without it. It's it's something I do, you know. I'm, you know, I supposedly I hate to kind of saying that I'm supposedly a film critic. It's something I do from day to day, and I know like I I would normally go to festivals, and I, I've missed that side of things and missed you know meeting friends, much like actually meeting up at community cinema group meetings run by the hub, seeing Francis, seeing Connor, seeing etc., seeing even Robert or Sherry, you know, meeting you or meeting people for the first time or names that you'd heard and kind of sharing ideas. I missed all that. But um, yeah, I would be lost without the cinema. I would definitely, I've, I've been quite a few times. Sherry, you said you'd been, what was the film you went to see and how did you find it as an experience? Did you say film singular? Yeah. <laughs> we... We went to the cinema as much as we possibly could. And for us, we 
as a family, we probably would be in the habit of going every week to the cinema. We had gotten into a lovely habit before COVID happened of going and meeting up at QFT every Friday night with the kids. There was always something we could take them to. Um, but yeah, we, during um, last year, we saw Vampire Strikes Back, Black Panther, the new Bill and Ted movie. We saw Pinocchio at QFT, the Italian version of Pinocchio. Um, and I, we've seen more than that. And I can't remember everything we've seen because we, we just went as much as we could. We're like, yeah, cinemas are open. Go now. Because it's like an every weekend thing for us. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're really missing the cinema. We still watch a movie every weekend with the kids. And then we try to get a grown up movie in um, as well at the weekend. So we probably watch like two movies a week on average. So we really, really miss the cinema. But one thing that we did really indulge in when the cinemas were open is um, we just bought all the snacks, all the snacks, because we know what it's like to run a cinema. And yeah. there were some films that we went to where we were the only people sitting in that cinema. And I'm looking at that giant screen going, I know how much this is costing them to show this film. I'm buying like all the popcorn, the nachos, the drinks, like we were total pigs because we knew that that was the best way that we could really support the cinemas around us was just buy junk food. Yeah, it's it's true. You know, I think is it like seven hundred percent markup? I think something along that in some and like the likes of popcorn and things like that. I did the same, particularly when I went to the QFT or the Strand. Other cinemas are of course available, but um, those were two venues that I went to quite a bit. When the Strand reopened, I went to see the Lost Boys, and yeah, like you, I had an ex I. It's not just because I'm fat; it was just an excuse. I'm supporting this cinema. You know, I'll not just go small; I'll go large. You know. One and then just getting a yeah. coke, just getting a coke and just pouring it out on the street and going one for my homies. That's what that's what I was doing. But <laughs> but if I if I'm picking this up then correctly, Francis Claire, I, I Claire the last time we spoke, have, have you have you been to cinema, Claire? I th I know the last time we had you on, we thought we had, you know got you we've got you motivated to go see St Francis at the cinema which is just an absolutely fantastic film if you haven't seen it I would definitely 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 recommend that film it would be one we would have definitely looked at for International Women's Day I see Francis taking notes so yes Francis absolutely watch and is it. that an IS or an AS uh, oh it's same same <laughs> it's as you yes it's absolutely fab so Claire I think we we kind of scolded you the last time we had, I think it was actually most possibly Tenant, was it we had you on? No, it was for uh, a film that played at the London Film Festival, mm -hmm. uh, which we sent you a screener for. So I'm going to assume, is this going to be another wrap of the knuckles, Mrs? I thought this was a no judgment area. <laughs> we're not, we're not judging, we're not judging, we're not judging. Um, I have no excuse, really. Um, I, I still haven't been to the cinema. Uh, to be honest, around that time that uh, Tenet came out, I just, I saw so many reviews that it was just so confusing and I wasn't sort of in the mind frame to watch something that wasn't really easy to take in. Um, nothing really shot, like came out at me. And then, um, yeah, I completely forgot about St. Fran Francis as well. That's okay. Like, that's we just bad. obviously um, didn't do that good enough a job. Francis, <laughs> yourself, you, I think I, I saw on you no. shaking your head. You haven't been? No, I haven't, I haven't been to the cinema. I mean, I've watched plenty of films. And, it's, and then one of the other things that I get involved with is um, I uh, usually help out with the Gugafa International Documentary Film Festival that was on down in Kales. And, uh, and it was very strange to be, 
you know, because I would help with the programming for that. So, you know, it's very strange to be sitting watching screeners um, knowing that you're not going to get to see them on, in the screen in this amazing old chapel that they use for a, 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 a for the festival. You know, but um, and I, 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 like everybody else, I see, I've seen loads of films, but I haven't actually gone to the cinema. And, I, and it's like one of those things, the longer you, you don't do it, the less inclined you are. You, I, I think I'm probably going to arrive with a big sort of bubble over my head or something whenever I do go. You said you watch a lot of stuff, France, and I'll open this out again to the whole virtual panel. Has that all you been... Are you going to ask me what I've watched? Because I have no, my memory... No, 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 no. I'm not going to ask you specifics. I'm going to kind of ask, you know, is that mostly stuff that's either DVDs, collections you already have, stuff that's on streaming service you subscribe to, anything yeah. that's on TV? I suppose what I'm really getting at, were you tempted to try any PVODs, the premium video on demands, the 15, 99, whatever it is, rental services to, yeah. to watch anything new? Uh, no, I wasn't tempted, I suppose, because um, uh, one of the, one of the other things I did was, I mean, it's got nothing to do with cinema. You know, rewatched The Sopranos from beginning to end. I'm still in the middle of The Wire again. You know, so, so I'm I'm down that road of looking, you know, uh, reconnecting with um, the series and things that that I had had uh, seen before. But no, I, I I didn't because I think there's plenty. You know, there's there's stacks of stuff that I, well, I suppose I was getting stuff in screeners anyway, but there were stacks of other things that were coming along. Um, if you look into the nether regions of Netflix and places like that, there you can find films that you think, oh wow, why, why isn't this getting more of a show? I really, you know? I really thought for a second, Francis, you were going to say if you look in the nether regions of the Black Web or something like that. I didn't know <laughs> where you were going to. I was going to say no. I don't think we can condone that type of thing. The nether regions, um, come on, they're always um, good, Mac. <laughs> did, did anyone here kind of? I, I finally took the plunge a couple of months. Months ago, or about a month ago, with uh, is it it's Fr- it's Fr- or Barb and Star? Uh, yes, and was bitterly disappointed. And I, th- I th- we've just done a coming to America podcast, and I think I kind of said in that the reason why I was so disappointed with that film probably was the the fact that I did pay fifteen ninety nine to rent it for forty eight hours. Had it just been on Amazon or Netflix, I probably wouldn't have minded as much. I guess essentially I might know the answer to this since you've been championing cinema and going to cinema, but have any of you other than Francis dipped your toes with PVODs, premium video on demands? Wasn't the witches? Yeah, you had to pay for that one. I watched that one. Okay. And how did you find that as a kind of as an experience without going too much into review but paying that amount to rent it for such a short period of time um well I know like Rodal like he's so nostalgic so I I I was like yeah I know do you know what I'm just gonna do it it's the first time I've ever done it um I mean I would pay it again I like if they if they charged you to watch James Bond I would I would pay that um I don't know if I was impressed enough by the I didn't I don't think the film was worth that money but I, I don't regret um, doing that at all. No, I, we've said this in a previous podcast. For some, a family, a, huge, a big family, fifteen ninety nine to watch it at home is probably cheaper than going to the cinema. And there's a discussion there to be had. I want to broaden it slightly. I'm coming back specifically to Sherry and Connor. Because you you both went to the cinema, you both saw that the you both saw the stringent rules that they had to put in the social distancing, the constant sanitization. Did that play a role in kind of deciding, particularly over those summer months, to kind of say if maybe you thought about coming back and saying what this is what my local cinema has to put into play? Did that maybe kind of make your decision of saying, well, well, no, we'll we'll maybe definitely we're going to have to hold off here for a while. Um, I, I kind of did for for ourselves and so 
um, in terms of when you seen what the likes of Omniplex was doing and putting in place um, and how keen that they, whenever you were booking your seat, that there was nobody in front behind or to the side to you as well too. Um, so, that, so that was a big thing. Um, uh, and the whole sanitizer stuff, uh, one, the exit in and out, how the place is well ventilated, cleaning, um, sort of a contact trace stuff, all of that as well too was a was a big thing. Um, and the fact that just that it was a larger facility, obviously, at your visiting compared to compared to we are in the basement, um, what what was one thing with it? I, I like we we we've spoken about this briefly within the group, but I think. Like we are coming to the stage whereby when we open up, it won't like as it won't be by crowds. Like we'll absolutely be limiting the amount of people who can come to watch our films, which um, unfortunately is not ideal. But in terms of safety, in terms of and I think it was it was mentioned. I think Sherry might have mentioned before about the you know the reputation damage of an outbreak happens within your locality or within your vicinity as well. Too is a huge thing. Um, and you want to make sure that people feel safe because, and, and you have a duty in terms of our, of the cinema and making sure that people are happy enough to come. Because I think there's going to be a huge effort done whenever the cinemas reopen to try and persuade people to come out again, particularly maybe to the smaller venue. I think maybe when it's a larger venue, whenever it's, you know, where, where, it's, where it's been sort of manned sort of, you know, regularly as such, um, that's easier to do with the likes of ourselves that are run by volunteers and maybe only in the, the building on the actual event night or preparing mm-hmm. for it. That's a bit more onerous to do, to be honest with you, but that's certainly played a factor for ourselves in OMA. And the same question to yourself, Sherry. I mean, you haven't went to the cinema so many times, but all, just all the popcorn, but all the stuff ever, you know, was that something then when you were looking at what kind of cinemas had to put into play? Because I know it was something I looked at when we were thinking of events, the realisation that if we were doing an event, it's like, well, this is what we're going to have to do. You know, we're going to have track and trace in play. We're going to have the hand sanitisation. We're going to have to be making sure, you know, touch points. We're going to be constantly cleaning those. And it was, it's not that I'm lazy. It was just this constant realisation of just how much we would have to do for, albeit would be a probably a small audience turnout. And I think that was something that played into us when we said, right, let's, Okay, we were going to do an event at the Black Box, but you know, for most of our when we planned our festival, I know I've been on vo- involved with one of the the hubs podcasts that they're releasing in March, and uh, I had kind of said, look, we, we always we wanted we we prepped for the best. We I always get this phrase wrong. We hope for the best, but prep for the worst, and that most of our events that when we were planning for the festival we said well if we go online we just don't have to worry about anything like that it's not the same and i know it's not the same uh, mm-hmm. i still enjoy doing i know i think claire we had you in one of the festival panels talking about terrifying reads if i remember right yeah. um we we had fun with them but i know in my heart of hearts that it was not the same and i didn't get the same feeling you know that i don't know about all of you but for me it's like six months of of nerves of of tariff of the of the the terror and the fear of putting on an event and plan an event and then on the night all those kind of you just can't enjoy it and then maybe six twelve months later you'll kind of find yourself going you know that event we did that screening that was actually pretty good I enjoyed that's that's how I work and I didn't get that same feeling when we were doing stuff online but that's enough of me you know coming back to that question my typical rambly way Sherry you know did 
saying the social the kind of social distancing measures in place was that a factor you think maybe even subconsciously and kind of why you decided to, to put things off a little no I don't think so I think we had sort of had a really good plan in place about um, how we were going to address uh, seating and feeding people and um, you know we had a plan for tickets all being bought in advance online because sometimes we would do door sales and we weren't going to allow any door sales to prevent any bottlenecks at doors and things like that um, and because it's quite a big space in the town hall you know obviously we wouldn't be able to sell, sell as many tickets as we would like but we still have that luxury of space and being able to completely control where we put chairs and tables and really, um, I guess in my mind, so much work already goes into setting up any event that we do because we're coming into a giant empty room and we have to set up everything from scratch every time anyway, um, that I don't think it really would have been any extra work. Um, actually, it would have been less work because there were different things that we were going to stop doing. Like I wasn't going to have to sit at the door and deal with a massive queue of people taking money from them, which can be really stressful, making sure you give people the right change and all that kind of stuff. And you've got 50 people queuing up at the door all at once. Um, so the things like reverting to online sales, um, I think we had also decided that we weren't going to do any popcorn sales. Um, we were maybe going to bring in some pre-sealed ready-made snack packs if people wanted them. Um, so all those areas that are actually really labor intensive for a normal event, we were shelving for our socially distanced events anyway. So actually I felt like it was going to be easier because um, you, you have to sort of clear away all the excess uh, to keep things sanitary and, and healthy. And, and then it means, well, suddenly we don't have to worry about volunteers dishing out popcorn and taking money for popcorn and all that kind of stuff. So it was actually um, more simplified. It would have been if we were able to have an event, it would have been more simplified, I think. Yeah. And, and I suppose then that brings us kind of to almost where we are now. I know I mentioned myself earlier on, like I know we, we're kind of looking at maybe autumn this year, depending on the state of the pandemic you know, we have the, the talk of variants. I know the vaccine is the vaccine rollout is, is here is, is going quite well. Uh, the executives seem to be quite pleased in that. But as we record tonight on St. Patrick's Day, you know, there's there's no set date. We, we have to wait for data to see what way. And I suppose we'll be guided by I'm sure all of you are in this boat, like you're going to be guided by when cinemas reopen then you'll take the lead as, as the kind of when a community cinema might open. But but generally kind of where are you right now? Are you kind of how are you kind of re-motivating yourselves? How are you gearing yourselves up right now to know that hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel and that you can start to kind of plan for the future and kind of that idea of getting volunteers back and getting them re-motivated? And, and Claire, just because you mentioned, no, you're not going to tell us anything. You're not going to tell us because you're going to keep your cards to your chest. But, you know, you've mentioned that you almost kind of getting ready to to hopefully celebrate its first birthday. You know, the, the, the COVID birthday doesn't count. We'll go yeah. with my wife is, is speaking the gospel on that one. You know, COVID birthday. She's going to have two this year. She's going to have had two COVID birthdays throughout the pandemic and they don't count. Um, oh, wow. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just want to check. I mean, does she still get the presents? Yeah. Is that double the cake? 
I don't know. She's had cake. She's had presents. So yeah, I imagine okay. they're still going to be. I think it's just. I think it's just the number doesn't count. I think that's that's the kind of way she's working. <laughs> Although apparently like my. That. Mine, mine counts. I had a, a birthday in December and it's like, no, that counts. For me, it doesn't count. You know, I don't know. It's double standards. What can I say? But you're not going to tell us the specifics. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll give us a little sneaky, sneaky bit of uh, information. But uh, how are you guys kind of right now re-motivating yourselves to start to gear up to, to think about the possibility of putting screenings on again? Well, we got really excited um, this weekend. Um, we started exploring an idea and it seems like it's pretty feasible. Um, it's going to be sort of um, celebrating our second slash first uh, birthday um, at home. And we're going to bring Ormo Community Cinema to you in our own little weird and wonderful way. And um, yeah, yeah. So we're in talks about it at the minute. It's all really exciting. And I think we can pull it off. I hope we can pull it off. I hope that we still have um, the community love, really. Um, so we're going to start advertising it on social media and um, maybe do a few polls, see what people think and get the engagement up again and Look, get people excited. Hang on, Claire. Has Brexit and all that stuff not? You never trust polls. <laughs> you don't leave anything to polls. Just, you know, just decide it. That's all I'm going to say. Just well, make the decision. You know what? We don't have to tell anyone the answers to the polls. Like, you know, we can sort of keep it to ourselves. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, that's the type of thing I wouldn't really say too much in public. <laughs> you, it's kind of what you want to what you what you want to do is give your audience the illusion of free choice. It's kind of entering into the matrix here, that type of thing. Um Sherry, I, I'm gonna come to yourself, Sherry, because one of the main reasons why I wanted to have Bally Claire on is because you are planning an event in the next few days. You've mentioned earlier on it's a virtual event so do you want to tell us a little bit about how that came to be what you're going to be screening and I know it's the kind of proceeds are all going to a local charity in Ballyclare so just tell us as much as you want about your event yeah that's right so this Saturday at 8 p.m we are doing a virtual screening of misbehavior which is a movie that was released last year that a lot of people maybe haven't had a chance to see yet because it probably wasn't I don't think it was in the cinemas no. uh, it's on on Sky at the minute and I know not everybody watches Sky um, so we have gone through Filmbank Media to get a license to do a virtual screening and test out their virtual screening interface which we've never tried before so we're a little bit nervous because you know when you've never done something before you don't know what way it's going to work but hopefully everything will be fine. Um, we wanted to put the charity angle on it because we feel like um, we wanted to engage our community a little bit more. So we picked a local charity in Ballyclare that supports women and families and young children, uh, Ballyclare Family Focus. Um, because Ballyclare is quite close-knit, we felt like that would really help to engage our audience by saying, look, if you spend money on a ticket for this event, we will donate that money to a charity right here in Ballyclare. So what they're spending goes right back into the community. Um, obviously, um, our, our funders, uh, we had to get permission from our, our funding body uh, to be able to do that because they don't want to devalue the films that we're showing by us just giving the money away. Um, but we know that it's it's hard to engage people right now. And so we felt like doing the charity angle would just be different. Um, also, it's tying in with International Women's Day, which was on the 8th, because we wanted to show a film that was about women kicking butt. Um, so yeah, that was, that was how we came to choose that film. 
Um, and we've in the last couple of weeks just started being a lot more active on social media. I think we've been a bit sleepy on social media the last 12 months, probably like a lot of people have been. Um, so we're trying to just engage people a little bit more doing a post at least every other day, um, trying to stay really active because it's kind of scary how quickly people fall off the map if you don't stay active on social media. But it's also been quite heartening to see how quickly people do notice you again. Um, if you put the effort in, you do, you do get it back. So we've had a good response so far with ticket sales for the event. Um, and uh, probably a better response than we had with our other remote screenings. And I do think that the charity angle has helped with that because people like to give something back to the local community. Um, and yeah, so hopefully we, everything goes smooth from a technical angle. Um, uh, and I think there's a chat function on the uh, interface for Film Bank Media. Um, We've tried some chat functions before. I think sometimes it kind of takes away from the movie. It kind of, it's a bit distracting. But um, we thought it would be nice to at least give people that option because then like coming back to the whole community side of things, people want to be able to connect with each other. So at least the chat function in the virtual screening hopefully will give people who want to chat that opportunity to say hi to people they may have, haven't seen in a while and chat about the film on the side. So we'll see how it goes. Tickets are still available. Yeah, and I have to say, <laughs> I was plug. at this point. Good plug, and I will say I will plug it as well because I think the film's absolutely fantastic. It's Kieran Knightley and Gugum Bathy Raw, I think, and it's absolutely it's a fab film. I don't think I got to see it at the cinema. I think it was either a screener I was sent or possibly just when it avail became available. Um, you've mentioned the Film Bank Media Player. I know there's a couple of options, and I know kind of online screenings. I know. Banderflix, we kind of launched an online player. Well, we didn't kind of. We launched an online player for the festival. Uh, now we're at the place where we launch it for the festival. We just don't really know what to do with it. It's there. We know we're planning a festival for next year. We're kind of trying to figure out what we can do. Not not about making money from it, but just kind of what to do with it as a platform. Because um, I think it was yourself, Sherry, mentioned earlier on that people are maybe suffering from screen fatigue. And as things start to open up, yeah. will the allure of an online player still have that same draw than what it did before? I mean, we got a good pickup for the festival, but that was in a lockdown or a circuit breaker, I think it was called. But, you know, going back to you've picked the Film Bank media player. What was it about that player? that because I know there is a couple of different options that are available what was it for you as a team that maybe drew you into that Pacific player so one of our volunteers Maureen she attended a, a training event where she was sort of given the the lowdown on all of the different interfaces that you that are well known I've probably got it all written down in my book over here somewhere but um a lot of them that she was learning about they had like um almost like a subscription fee that you had to sign up for so there was a, a much bigger capital investment for the the cinema initially to sign up for one of the other services um and we liked the film bank one because you could just do the one-off license that offered you that little bit more flexibility with no commitment um because maybe we're being a little bit too optimistic but we felt like investing in um, a virtual screening service, like a, a year long subscription at this stage, hopefully won't be necessary. <laughs> um, so we, we thought a one-off event 
to see how it goes and see what kind of response we get from our audience as well as kind of a test screening. Um, if this goes on much longer, we might look at a different interface um, and look into a subscription. But at this stage as a one-off, we just wanted that flexibility. Because um, like most community cinemas, we're not made of money. So we want to be really careful about um, what we sign up for. Um, and, and again, like I said, we're being optimistic. We're, our next event is going to be in person. Gosh darn it. It will. <laughs> that's it. You know, that's the way to go. I, but I, can, I completely agree with what you're saying. We launched, we, we use the software Vimeo OTT. Other services are available, of course. And that was coming back. It was most cost effective for us. There was some, I remember speaking to people at Galway Film Fla and even at the London Film Fest and some of the prices they quoted for doing an, a, what they called an out-of-the-box online film festival was terrifying and my lovely wife is getting mentioned a lot in this podcast but i think if i'd said to her the price that i was quoted i think i said it was around you know nearly three and a half four thousand pound that's before any screening fee before anything i think i'd have been out the door quite quick um for me, is, OTT, is the, i was just going to say is the online cinema screening the new outdoor cinema fear in terms of the cost for it and the way things are going to go well, I don't know. I mean, have any of you... Decided? I know Dungannon have done outdoor film screenings. I know that Newcastle, I know the Belfast Film Fest, Newcastle Community Cinema have done online or done vert or outdoor screenings because um, I know we did a little thing on Instagram over the lockdown. We did an Instagram hangout and we spoke to them about that. And the prices for those were terrifying. And, you know, exactly. I've, I've said that before because I know a lot of people right now are talking about, oh, you know, we'll get an outdoor screen and it'll be great. It's not the right time of year for them. You know, it's really, now it's coming into, it's not the time. It's it's not getting dark. Okay, I think half six time at the minute, it's currently getting dark. But you need a top of the range screen if you're going to screen about seven o'clock because it's just not going to be quality there quality wise. And that was what put us up. We got a couple of options. A couple of bars got in touch with us about maybe kind of partnering up and a few other kind of people kind of said, why don't we do this and that? And I remember looking at the time, the prices were staggering and we are running on a limited budget we really are and i mean a lot of our funds went into the film festival we thankfully were able to come back you know with uh, the dots crossed and we, we didn't lose anything from the festival last year but you know the thought of doing an outdoor screening as much as i'd love to but i remember talking to guys from i think it was matt from newcastle community cinema and i kind of was like no no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's for us. Anybody here kind of look into it as a possible option. And then when they realized that what was needed in the prices suddenly went, no, no. We, we've been talking about it as a committee for as long as we've existed, like because we love the idea of an outdoor screening, COVID or not. But when we priced it up, yeah, it's totally cost prohibitive. And then on top of that, I mean, we're talking about Northern Ireland here. Like we cannot... We cannot invest in anything that is involved in planning and setting up an outdoor screening. And then, you know, that'll be the day that it rains. You just can't rely on the weather here. It's too big of a risk. Connor, we, you're from you're from Tyrone. Connor, just like me, you'll know if it's if it can rain, it will rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't we don't have a climate for it, purely and simply. But you're absolutely right, Sherry. We don't. That's a great idea. We looked into it as well as well, too. Um, uh, added up the cost with it, spoke to Dungannon, thought it was a, a great idea in terms of how we were, how we could possibly do it. Um, I know a couple of our members were really keen for doing it. We had a couple of great ideas and a couple of great venues, but when you add up insurance costs, license costs, the screen, um, 
the ma- you know the, the amount of people you're going to need like our volunteers is roughly as at the moment is four um so you're talking about they're going to have to substantially do a recruitment drive to try and do that but you probably can but in terms of adding up it's a it's a it's a one-off thing to do it's not something that you know great to, to say that we did it but it's just not possible ironically we were last year as lockdown had happened we were approached by and i need to be careful about this an organization who we're hoping that we would not only run one, but fund one. Um, so from an organization that's well-funded. So uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was interesting. No, it's just whenever you heard you saying it, Jim, about the festivals that I thought, well, if it's going to be so expensive to do that out of the box as well too, it's becoming, it's, it's getting to the stage now, anything we try to do that's outside of the cinema is going to be expensive. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's changed, Connor. I really don't. We use, we use the same software as the QFT player because we researched it, we looked into it, and for us, it was the most cost-effective. For us, moving away from the actual film screenings and the screening fees type of thing, our outlay for setting it up was around £350. And that's kind of where we are. We may need to spend kind of a little bit more based on the, the Vimeo OTT. And by all means, drop me a message. I can talk you through it. Uh, I know I was on the pod from Film Hub and I talking a little bit about it. But the problem is, and I think... Um, we, we spoke to the QFT about that. It's kind of becoming like the the VHS uh, Betamax kind of discussion. There seems to be coming a preferred format that distributors are wanting to go for. And I don't think Vimeo TT has, has become that. So it's more of an uphill struggle. We don't know what... We, we're still going to be using the player. Well, we spent £300 on it. We're going to use it. Um, we just don't know kind of for us, as I've said, you know, in my rambly way, how to use it kind of in March time, April time, you know, and that type of time. So, so we can maybe create something for it that it's not just there for, you know, seven, 10 days of a film festival. And then the rest of the year, we forget about it. The content's still up there. Plug the Dark Edges International Film Festival player. Content is still available. A large, large amount of it is free. You can see Claire McCulloch talking about terrifying reads and other such fantastic panels. But um, no, it is. And it was something we had to seriously look into. And yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I was intrigued by the film media player we looked at, I think, at the Cinema for All conference. And we kind of were like, it's, it's a nice idea. Um, and it's just been, I'm, I'm kind of looking with interest, actually, to see how it goes for yourself, Sherry, um, as well as kind of using that type of service, which is slightly different from kind of what we were talking about, where we'd say, if a film's on Netflix, we'll all sit down and watch it at eight o'clock. It's much more organized. It's much more structured, which I think for these type of things, you actually need, um, in, in my own humble opinion. Uh, Connor, Francis, for yourselves, kind of moving away from my rambly plug about our player. Um, where are you kind of right now? How are you kind of re-motivating yourselves to kind of gear up for getting your community cinema's doors open? Well, um, what we're well, what we're going to do is we have to have as a as a, a small community group we have to have a, an annual general meeting. So we're going to have our annual general meeting on the thirtieth um, with a recruitment drive and try to. I'm trying at the minute to um, include a film along with it, uh, which would be I think nice. Um, it's just, um, it's not as, as, as straightforward as, you know, it's just how do you do these things, you know? And it's like, whenever you've gone through and you explore all this, like at one point uh, and then thought, no, this isn't going to work. And 
And the online player thing, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it seems to be that uh, you're being told, well, you know, this can run in conjunction. This could be your like second screen. And then you sort of think, well, I mean, who's going to use it? You know, so it's, it's it, that, that's difficult. But yeah, no, we're 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 looking at um, at reopening again and again, just trying to kind of like um, just get people motivated and think about it again about coming back into the cinema. Um, probably we probably will go down the line of polls. <laughs> what do you want to see? And uh, then decide what it is that people want to see at the end of that. <laughs> you know, never, never trust the polls, Francis. <laughs> never I mean. You know, never we've seen a, we've seen elections, <laughs> we've seen votes, Brexit, etc. All this kind of stuff. Let's not go down the painful past. Never trust the polls, Connor. What about yourselves? What about sub training? And of how are you yes. gearing yourselves up? Have you kind of? I guess this is the the, the, the question, and I guess we, we probably can all answer this. The fact that we don't know set dates. I mean. Is that something that you think as an, as organizations would help? Or do you think that's actually maybe putting too much of a hindrance on the executive, on the health, when you know when dates are met, when we come to dates and the, the, the circumstances, the stipulations, the rules are they're not there, we're not in a position to open. We put back, you know, I guess maybe data it's more frustrating, but it's probably a better way to go in, in some people's opinion. But that's me again going off on a tangent. Connor, you know, going back to yourself. You know how yeah, you motivate no, yourself. It's probably it's, it's, you're you're probably very right, John. Because if you could put you know best laid plans in place, and then all of a sudden there's an outbreak somewhere, and everything goes to the wall again in terms it's back to square one and lockdown happens, and, and what have you as well too. I think with ourselves, it's really a watching brief in terms of uh, the couple of us and that's involved in it. And um, I think but like what Sherry did, we had kept a really active profile on social media, which had sort of quelled and now it's come back up again in terms of we're posting more stuff on Facebook about the possibility of you know, cinema releases, what's coming in the cinema shortly, the Oscar nominations this morning that was announced as well too trying to sort of ask the audience questions so we'll probably start raising the profile there, we'll probably start asking more of our audience about you know, you know if we were to reopen what Honor, are you going to tell me you're going to do polls? No, Jim <laughs> Worse, probably focus groups, oh. virtual focus groups. <laughs> That's my other job coming into play now. Well, stage. you know, Connor, I'm already worried because you've already mentioned about this organisation. You know, there's a lot of connotations when you say that in Northern know, Ireland about no, organisations. Oh, in touch. no, Jim. I, of course, like, absolutely. But no, it is. It's, it's, it's probably trying to facilitate a two-way conversation with the audience to sort of see what would make it easier and simpler for them to come into the facility. Um, and ourselves as, an, uh, ourselves as a group, the four of us getting together, four or five of us getting together and sort of saying, right, okay, so how are we going to, how are we going to sort of, you know, relaunch again? And I, I think because we haven't been doing anything, I think the times, right, like our Facebook group, it's quite, you know, everybody's popping for want of a better word to try and get something up and running, but obviously to try and do it in a safe environment and to make sure that whenever we come back, that it's, it's sustainable and not sustainable in a financial way, sustainable that in terms of we're going to have a good program events for the forthcoming uh, while whereby that, you know, everything in terms of social distancing and safety has been taken into consideration to allow people to have a good night out. We, we are going to have to, to wrap this conversation up because I'm sure there's better things you all have to do than, than sit and yarn with me so late in the evening. But oh, just- definitely not, Jim, no way. So hey, this is the highlight of my week. 
Francis, you know, flattery gets you. Yeah, I had to, I had to put on makeup for this. I put makeup on like it's the first time yeah. in weeks. <laughs> oh, flattery gets you everywhere, you know. But uh, all, all, hey, all I can say, it breaks an evening for me. Um, that's that's me. I've I've actually begun to really involve, uh, really enjoy kind of our the podcasts recordings again because it's just something to kind of chat to people and chat about things. It's not just how was work how, when you're sitting in an office from home. What are we going to have for tea? What will we have for breakfast? Shall we go for a walk? Oh, no, it's raining. No, things like exciting things like that. This is things I get to talk about cinema. But we, we will bring this to a close. And I will open up if anybody wants to fire out any other questions to each other, anyone else in the room. But other than Sherry, would any, and I know, Connor, you've kind of mentioned this, that it's not kind of in the ethos of subterranean, but would any of you else be tempted to kind of follow where Ballyclare have led in this regard of trying this kind of designated something like the film bank media player or anything like that just to kind of as a way to virtually albeit virtually but to kind of to test the waters and to kind of potentially re-engage with your audience i'm definitely really interested um in hearing more about it and how it goes and all that sort of stuff it's possible yeah i'd be really brave like claire as well and wait until it's happened how it's went and- yeah it's sort of guinea picking <laughs> We're, we're very happy, Sherry, that you are guinea pigging yourself. We don't mind. We don't mind being guinea pigs. We're guinea pigs for ourselves, really. I mean, it, it, and if we don't sell a ton of tickets and if the whole thing tanks, then that's okay. At least we've started to think about what we're even doing again. And that's what it's about. It's about waking ourselves up and waking our audience up. So, yeah, I mean, that. I suppose that's kind of the, the reason why I'm asking that, like, whether you want you've already said you want to get people back into a room in front of a big screen watching a film and potentially then having the thing i love more than anything after an event is an audience member comes to you talks oh never seen that film before or you get the dreaded kind of have you seen this film have you seen that film and this kind of things that right you end up you're sitting realizing to but it's half one in the morning and you need to get home but in that way of of re-waking yourself up re-motivating yourself that the virtual screening whilst you want to be in a physical venue. You've kind of preempted my question by saying it, it probably has helped kind of re-motivate minds and get you focused on doing something you're clearly passionate about. Yep. And yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and that, in that sense, you know, would any of you be tempted by going down the virtual route for virtual route for that reason and kind of maybe more so for yourselves, kind of giving yourselves a, a re-motivation to kind of get out and promote your event and have all that fun, albeit socially distanced and, and virtually, in that way to reawaken yourselves up. Because it sounds like in this virtual room this evening, we're all passionate about cinema. We all with community cinema groups, you know, we all want to get back to screening films. It's just a case of it's not a case of if, but but when, I suppose. I think if lockdown was to continue much longer, I think it would be something so would look at. Um, because it's, again, a exciting way of engaging with the audience. Um, and particularly if there's still no definitive date in terms of when we can open or when other cinemas can open. Um, I like a concept that Sherry talked about with regards to that it's, you know, you can try it as a one-off to see rather than committing to a number of different events. And obviously the, the cost is going to be associated with that. But certainly it will be if, you know, if lockdown gets extended or whatever, then I think it would be something that certainly we'll definitely consider. Yeah. Francis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it would have to be. It's, you know, it's it's not it's not the best answer, 
but it's probably the best answer that's out there at the minute. Right now. Mm. Yeah. And I want to ask one question, just something that came to mind was thinking back to what you said earlier on, Connor, just kind of talking about getting back to, to actual physical screenings, as we say, when, not if. You mentioned earlier on, it's going to be a jam-packed year for cinema with a lot of blockbusters that have been delayed now finally hopefully hitting cinemas i know we are going to see this rise of pvod where people have the option do they watch at home or do they go to the cinema are you worried in any sense that when cinemas reopen that the the big block the big blockbusters will be too much of a draw for some or is this more of an opportunity when cinemas will be focusing on Fast and Furious 9, the next MCU movie, that there's an audience out there, there's an opportunity, maybe even more so now than ever, for an audience who maybe felt that maybe they had the odd release that was there for them in the cinema, that they might be pushed out to an extent, and somewhere like a community cinema where we can offer a foreign language title, where we can offer something that's on the indie scene or a cult classic, you know, an anniversary screening or something left field. Um, do you think there's an opportunity there or are you as organisations worried about what's what it's space going to be competing with cinema when we have so potentially so many blockbusters in there or so many big tentpole releases? I think it's a I think it's a huge opportunity for our for our cinemas in terms of we are probably going to get access to films that the multiplexes aren't going to be interested in showing and they're going to be really good bona fide films um, that might not get bombs on seats in their part of you of it but may have really great performances may have been really interesting topics maybe in terms of world cinema in terms of local cinema and that as well too um, I do think that. There's a really, really good chance that we'll be able to show them. Like, for example, like we, we've shown stuff in the past that wasn't shown in multiplexes. Like, you know, um, we show Mandy in the past. I mean, Mandy is all kinds of madness. Like, but the audience we got for that that night was brilliant. And that type of cult film, I think, will be even more so to it. Um, you know, stuff like You Were Never Really Here. Again, no local cinema within a 40 mile radius of Oma showed it and, and, until we did. And so you're still going to get that, but I think there's going to be even more higher quality of films that um, won't find an audience in the multiplex um, and that people might want, uh, for want of a better word, a different type of night out, which would be within the community cinemas, particularly stuff in terms of something that might be just a bit more low key, that might be a wee bit more socially distant and maybe just a, a better all round night out. And you can have a you can have a drink, and you can have a drink. Yeah, that's the important. Drink, you know, not 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 to be a recurring theme, but yeah. drink is a key here, like obviously in terms for ourselves. Yeah, you know, well, it's it's there's there's an honesty to it. Um, Francis, Sherry, Claire, you know, just kind of on that note about blockbusters, so many blockbusters being in cinemas when they were open. You know, do you see this as maybe more of an opportunity than before? I mean, I don't think the blockbusters ever really were, or they never were in competition with the blockbusters, you know, in the sense that that's, that's what happens in the multiplex. Um, and like, you know, Jim, at the end of the day, we started from nothing. All of us, all of our community groups all started from absolutely nothing, you know, and, and built up a, a great uh, support. It's, it's, it's all possible. I just see it as, as, you know, what, what um, Connor's saying there, it's, it's, it, that's the sort of stuff that, we're showing that in, that it engages our audiences. They they, they don't want to come to Portish Film Theatre to see a blockbuster because 
you know, the multiplex, everything in there is geared towards the blockbuster. So everything's going to be louder, you know, you're, you're bouncing out of your seat. So you go to Portrush Film Theatre, not to have that experience, but to enjoy something else and something a bit different or, or classic, you know. Well, Francis, I know Banderflick started out with nothing and we still got all of it left. You know, that's, I think C, I think C60 sang that best. But uh, most, you still got most of it most left. Most of it. There we go. I, I got it slightly wrong. Sherry, Claire, I know kind of we're going to wrap things up, but just generally very quickly on that that note, you know, do you think it's going to be, do you think you're off, you're clearly serving up different content and looking for a different audience, but I, there must be a sense in a way that there's more of an opportunity potentially if you can reconnect with an audience, if you can encourage them to get out, that they will probably find that a lot of multiplex cinemas, you know, okay, in Belfast, we have the QFT, we have the Strand, but in other venues, you know, there's an opportunity to maybe reconnect with audiences to remind them of the cinematic experience without having to go see Fast and Furious 9. Okay, everyone's going to want to go see Bond. We all know that. My mom wants to go see Bond, so that's different. <laughs> but, you know, that that sense of... Oh no, Jay, you went to see as much as you possibly could in the cinema, and no, no doubt that will continue when they reopen. But um, in, for you as an organisation, do you see this as a massive opportunity to now revitalise and re-try to kind of reach out to an audience who might not think the cinema's for them anymore? Uh, I, I would have, sort of agree with what Francis said in that our, our audience is just a completely different sort of audience anyway. You know, they, they don't come to our events just for the film or to see a blockbuster. They come know, for the buns, don't they, Sharon? The buns, the bun. yes. Yeah. The buns and the community, you know, they, they come to see each other and get out of the house and do something close to home. So um, it's just a different niche that we're filling. And I think all the community cinemas are doing that. They're just filling a different niche. Um, we all like the odd block, blockbuster once in a while, but um, that's definitely not what the picture house was ever here for. And, and I think that our audience will be back. I think that everyone's looking forward to seeing each other and just saying hello to each other's faces again. Yeah. Claire, just kind of before we wrap things up, same question. Um, yeah, well, I think I'm hoping for like more of a sort of bump along the way sort of tour again and like focus on Irish filmmakers, local filmmakers, because that really got our community going. People were really excited about that. And I would be really excited to get involved with that again. I think that would be a great way to get our audience back, get people excited and really build that community spirit again. I think you know, on that note, you I mean, there was a lot of content, locally produced content, produced during lockdown cinematically mm -hmm. that didn't yeah. get screened like pixie i absolutely yeah. loved and i mean it was shot i think it was shot most mostly in donegal we had alec mm -hmm. baldwin be brendan gleason uh olivia uh, not olivia cook um oh the name of the actress has been in my head completely given an absolute oh, fantastic that's, performance that's the one that was filmed around the corner from my house we have yeah. to show that one definitely yeah. Pix pixie's <laughs> fab um and you know we start i mentioned you know connor with uh Bad Day for the Cut. We've recently had Boys from County Hell, which yeah. I adore. I'm kind of flirting outrageously with Mr. Chris Baugh and Brendan at the minute to kind of see if we could do something with them when cinemas reopen. I just don't know if I've flirted enough yet. Uh, fingers fingers crossed. Watch this space. We'll have to see. You know, you'll, you'll be able to judge how much of a flirt I am if it happens successfully <laughs> or not. 
But uh, that's enough of that. Just generally, kind of before we go, does any, anybody have any other business or anything they feel that maybe we haven't touched on or would like to touch the like to very briefly talk about before we wrap things up? No, um, we, no, I'm okay. Everyone's we've covered everything. Yeah, everyone's just too polite. We've what we've clearly covered is we we go. We need buns and we don't trust the polls. And that's clearly <laughs> what this that that's how we're gonna save community cinema groups. More buns, less polls. That's that's the way. There we Fair go. Enough. So so look, all that's really left for me to do now is to thank my guests in this virtual panel this evening. Thank you very much, Francis. <laughs> thank you very thank much, you, Connor. Jane. Thank you very much, Sherry. Thank you very much for the interview and for talking to us. And I look forward to seeing how your event goes on Saturday, the 20th of March. And uh, as I say, Misbehaviour is an absolutely fantastic film. If you've now got the opportunity to see it, because as we've said, not everybody has Sky. Anybody who wants to see the Snyder Cut is now suddenly realising that they need to get Sky But here in the UK. But that is a discussion for another time and another podcast. Mm-hmm. But, Seven uh, o'clock on Thursday morning, I saw Jim. Don't. You're one of them ones, Connor. Let's not go down and talk about that. Life's no, too... Not, no, I, I, I don't remember anything from Justice League. All I remember is Batman's... Or, sorry, is the Russian family and Superman's dodgy moustache that was ironed out because of Mission Impossible. You know what? The Snyder <laughs> Cut... I remember from A four-hour four version of that film is not going to fix all those issues. Let's not talk no. about... That, you know what, Connor? You might have just inadvertently got yourself volunteered for this Snyder Cut podcast when we eventually do it. But uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I am emotionally ready to kind of discuss that film just as, yet. As long as it means I don't have to watch Batman versus Superman again, Jim, ever. No, let's let's not. It's it's too painful for me. I haven't even oh. got round haven't even got round yet to thanking my last guest, Claire McCulloch from Ormond Community Cinema. Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you for having me back. There we go. Yes, of course, we're going to get you back. Hopefully, by the next time we'll have you on a podcast, hopefully you'll have been to this either you'll either have been to the cinema or watched St. Francis. I think St. Francis yeah. St. Francis on is on Netflix now. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll watch it. Um, finished the Hunger Games. Watched them for the first time. I know really late to the party, and they were amazing. So I have big high hopes for St. Francis. Okay. And we, and you know what, Claire, I've just realised we've got through this podcast and we haven't even mentioned Gordon Ramsay once. And Gordon Ramsay, Gordon Ramsay has been on primetime BBC. Now, for anyone in this panel who doesn't know and any of the viewers or listeners who don't know, Claire has a bit of an infatuation with Gordon Ramsay. And I, 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 I weirdly find myself thinking about you, Claire, the other day when I was watching Gordon Ramsay on BBC One and I was going to drop you a message and go... Did you know that Gordon was on primetime TV hosting his own quiz show now? But I'm pretty certain you probably did know. Oh, I do know. And <laughs> he's doing amazing. I just, oh, did you see Gino on it? Um, him and Gino's bromance is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Very entertaining. He's doing well. So well we will add then more buns, less pole, more Gordon, more more buns, less poles, more Gordon Ramsay. That is our way to save community right. cinemas. <laughs> there we go. So thank you very much to everyone for watching at home, wherever you are, or for listening, wherever you are. And thank you once again to all my guests. This has been a Bantflix special edition of We Need to Talk About Movies. And we'll be back again pretty soon with another podcast. But for now, until then, goodbye.
This has been We Need to Talk About Movies. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit banterflix.com. See you next time.